Listen, we can change a tire and we can go to work, but there's a lot of things we cannot do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't bear fruit without him. We can't love without him. We can't complete the will of God without him. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Nothing can take you down to the mat quite like discouragement. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're starting a brand new series I'm calling Disarming Your Giants. I don't think there's a Christian one that doesn't deal with a giant at one time or another. Some people deal with giants each and every day. Giants, in fact, are a part of living in a fallen, broken world. Yet God uses our giants to teach us how to use the weapons of our warfare and win the fight. One of the toughest giants to deal with is discouragement, because discouragement steals away our desire to even fight back. But discouragement can be soundly defeated, as we're going to see in today's message. So let's go right to today's word and see what the Bible has to say about breaking discouragement's grip. Now, let me give you a little bit of background. Nehemiah is the man God laid his hand on to take the captive people of Judah. They have been in the Babylonian captivity for 70 long years. Think about that. Languishing in captivity all that time. God then moved on Cyrus, the Persian king, and Cyrus said, you can go back and rebuild your city. So Ezra led the first group to rebuild the temple. And Nehemiah led the second group to rebuild the wall, the wall surrounding the temple and the city. Now, this was a huge moment because they'd been all that time held captive, essentially in prison, in a foreign land with a foreign language, didn't know anybody, didn't talk their talk and walk their walk, and Babylon didn't know their God. So when God let them loose to go rebuild, it was incredible. And when they came back to rebuild that wall, You need to understand that the importance of a wall is hard to express because once that temple was up, there was still no wall. So the enemy could come and go as he pleased. So to rebuild the wall was to fortify the city against attack. It's like when you and I begin to grow in Christ and many of the gaps, as it were, in our spiritual wall where the enemy came and went begin to be closed and the wall begins to grow and we mature in Christ and we get stronger. And when that happens, that is when the enemy wants to attack you and me. It's when you commit to go all the way with Jesus. It's when you say, I'm tired of playing religion. I'm going to seek God with all my heart and I'm going to make my life count for him and everything I've got is his. When you do that, The enemy does not sit on his hands and say, well, that one's gone. No, he says, I better attack now before the wall is completely built 
and they really know what they're doing, and they understand spiritual warfare, and they have matured enough that they are not blown about by every wind that comes through. And that's what happened here. As soon as Nehemiah and the people began to rebuild the wall, the enemy attacked. And the enemy was personified in two men named Samballot and Tobiah. So when I say Samballot and Tobiah, just think Satan, the enemy. Because they were a picture of Satan. As the wall began to go up, they attacked. And they did everything in the world they could to stop them. They'd use intimidation tactics, threats, distractions, lies, outright lies about them. They did everything they could to stop the work. Yet Nehemiah, he was a tough old guy. I'm telling you. Matter of fact, in the end of the book, he's so mad at some of the people, he slaps a few of them. He's a Texan. No, I'm kidding. He really did, though. He got so mad at some of the men for marrying pagan wives, he took them aside, pulled their beard, and slapped them. Now, that's not for the New Testament. Let me be clear about that. Don't think you can go out and slap somebody. But he was tough. And so Nehemiah soldiered on. In the midst of all this attack, All these attempts to stop them, he just soldiered on. The people were of one mind, one heart. The Bible says the people had a mind to work. So they were motivated. They were into this. They were cranked. They wanted to see the will of God done. They were excited. And so they gave it all their being. Let's rebuild this wall. Let's get it back up. Let's reclaim our vision, our identity, our purpose. Let's go for it. Let's do it. We were 70 years in captivity and now we're free and God's given us a second chance. So let's do it. But then something happened. Something happened at the halfway point. The Bible says, so we built the wall and the entire wall was joined together all the way around up to half its height. And at the halfway point, the people fell under a spirit of discouragement. Now, I've noticed something in life. I've lived long enough to see this, my own life and others. There's something about the halfway point. When you're half done, but you still got halfway to go. You're halfway through that degree. You say, man, I've done it halfway, but I don't know if I can go on and finish these last two years or whatever it is. You're halfway through a marriage restoration. You have fought hard to build the first half of the wall. And then, man, you look and you say, I don't know that I can go the rest of the way. There's something about that halfway point. When you look at it's half done, but it's half undone, you still got a ways to go. And these people just kind of breathed deep and they started fainting. They started coming under discouragement. And discouragement, folks, it literally paralyzed them. It absolutely stopped them. An ominous message was sent to Nehemiah that we already read, but I'm going to read it again. Then Judah, that means the whole tribe of people, the tribe of Judah said to Nehemiah, the strength of the laborers is failing and there's so much rubbish, we're not able to build the wall. At the halfway point, the people experienced discouragement that put a death lock on them and the whole work stopped and the enemy said, ah, got them. They stopped. They became discouraged. Exhaustion took over. They wanted to quit. Their motivation was gone. The enemy had worn them down by his continual attacks. He had worn them down where they just said, forget it. They put down the tools. 
lost their vision, lost their dream, and walked away. Now, thank God for the Word of God, because the Bible tells us exactly what it was that added to them experiencing a spirit of discouragement, and the very things that took them down take you and me down. So I'm going to show you first what they did, how they got discouraged, and then I'm going to show you how Nehemiah brought them out of it. First, it was all about their focus. Now, listen carefully to me today. Your focus will make you or break you. Your focus is the lens through which you see life. How you look at you, how you look at God, how you look at trials, how you look at problems, how you face difficulties. Remember, 12 spies went over into the promised land to check it out. 10 came back saying, we were like grasshoppers in their sight and they are giants. Focus. Two of them said, ah, they're no big deal. God will take them down. We can take them. We can take the land. Focus. Your focus is either positive or negative, full of faith or full of doubt. Your focus will bring you victory or bring you defeat. I know this because it's all through the Bible and I've experienced it myself. How you look at the things you're facing. Your focus either says God can or God can't. God will or God won't. I'm going to make it or I'm not. God had given Jerusalem to them and they intended to step back in their God-given purpose and reclaim it. Rebuilding the wall was a huge part of that. But at the halfway point, their focus shifted from the restoration that was before them to the rubbish around them. Let me tell you what they did. Instead of focusing on the dream before them, they focused on the debris around them. The Bible says, they said, there's so much rubbish, so much homework, so many hours yet to go, so many problems to iron out, tools, dirt, trash, debris, rubbish. So they took their eyes off their dream. Their dream were coming back. We're being restored. We're going to be all that God wanted us to be. We are going to take the land. We're going to be a city again. We're going to be the people of God. We are going to spread the glory of the Lord around the earth. That was their dream. And that was their purpose. But then they took their eyes off their dream and they started looking around at their circumstances. They focused on the rubbish. And as they focused on the rubbish, their heart sank. They said, wow, what a mess. This is just a mess. Are we ever going to finish? You know, it's not so much that you start. It's that you finish. There's a lot of people that start. Oh, they start the race. They start running that race. They're running like they're running a 100-yard dash. But you see them a few years later, and they hit the halfway point, and they are out of gas. And rarely, if ever, they're in church. You see them, and they don't have the zeal. They don't have the zest. They don't have the excitement. What happened to you? Well, they started well, but they didn't finish well. I'll tell you, church, I want to finish well. I want to finish running harder than I was when I started. I want to finish with pizzazz. I want to finish strong. What about you? Come on. Paul did. He said, I have finished my course. Fought the good fight. Run the race. Jesus said it is finished. And he finished strong. Well, they focused on the rubbish. 
The strength of the laborers is failing because there is so much rubbish. They had a choice. We can look at the cup half full or half empty, and they chose to say it's half empty. We can't do it. Now, the second focus mistake they made was this. They focused on their own inability rather than God's ability. This is so important. And we're told that they did this. Watch this. Right on the heels of talking about being overwhelmed by the rubbish, by what was yet left undone, the people said to Nehemiah some crucial words. Watch this. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Watch this. We are not able to build the wall. That's autobiographical. You know what that says? They're looking within instead of up. They're looking within and they're saying, hey, I'm feeling tired. I'm feeling kind of beat up. I'm feeling pretty exhausted. I don't feel it anymore. And I don't know if I can continue. And they lost a very, very important truth. Listen to what Paul said. I can. Can you say that with me? I can. Now say, do. All things. Now, a positive thinker stops there. Norman Vincent Peale stopped there. You can do anything you want. You can fulfill all your dreams. It's all you just making up your mind. And if you make up your mind, you can do anything you want. Can I tell you the truth? No, you can't. That's not true. You can't do everything you want to do in your own strength. So a good positive thinker goes with Paul for the first five words. I can do all things. But Paul said, through Christ who strengthens me. See, that's the secret to the believer. The believer can keep right on going as long as we do what Jesus said. He that abides in me and I in him. I am the vine, you are the branches. You as a branch are to be grafted into the vine. And when you get saved, you're grafted into the vine. Then he said, if you abide in that vine, if you stay in the word and stay in prayer, then everything that is in the vine is going to flow into you. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, kindness, faith. You say, how'd you do that? I was just hanging there. What does a piece of fruit do? It doesn't do calisthenics hanging on the vine. It just says, I am plugged in and the life source that comes from the vine is going into me. And as long as you do that, you can run through a troop. You can leap over a wall. You can climb any mountain, walk through any valley, pass through any fire, go through any trial. As long as you abide in the vine. And a lot of believers never get this. All their life, it's all about I can or I can't. So they got to looking at themselves and the whole, listen, God looked at them and said, well, of course you can't. The rebuilding of the wall was my idea. And where God guides, God provides. The whole rebuilding project was his doing. He had opened the door. He had moved on Cyrus to release them from captivity. God had promised himself to enable them and strengthen them. But somewhere along the way, they had a focus shift. They said, It's all about me and what I can come up with and not what my God can do through me. And so they looked at their weariness and exhaustion and disillusionment and they said, I'm done. If they had just looked up and said, Lord, in our weakness, be made strong. And which is eventually what they did. But at this time, they're looking within instead of up. Now, I promise you this. We always start sinking when we look to ourselves to do what only God can do. 
See, we can change a tire and we can go to work, but there's a lot of things we cannot do. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, that's a humbling verse. We can't bear fruit without him. We can't love without him. We can't complete the will of God without him. I am doing what the song says, learning to lean, learning to lean. I'm learning to lean on Jesus. You say, Pastor Jeff, then he's just a crutch to you. You got that right. What's your crutch? That's right. What is it? Pot? Booze? Endless relationships? Willpower? What's your crutch? I'll tell you my crutch. I'm leaning on him. I'm walking with a limp, and he's my crutch. Amen? I know what some of you are thinking. Well, you know, I'm visiting today, and I just don't generally go to church because there's so many hypocrites. There's just hypocrites in church, and you're all walking on crutches, and it's just a crutch to you, and religion's a crutch, and I was invited here today. I'm a visitor, though, and I won't be back because I get really, really bothered by the hypocrites. Let me tell you how dumb that is. Can I tell you how dumb that is? That's like you saying, I'm not going to a gym because there's people out of shape in there. If everybody in there was muscular and perfect, then I'd go to the gym. Welcome to God's gym. Some of us are flabby. Some of us are out of shape, but we love the Lord. (laughs) That's not in my nose. That just came out. So they lost their focus. They looked within and they looked around. They focused on circumstances and focused on their own inability. The third place they failed in their focus was they were focused on the words of the enemy rather than the words of God. Sam Ballot and Tobiah had literally hired people to go among the people of Judah and sow fear among them. The Bible records this. They're right on the heels of talking about the rubbish and talking about their own inability. The people of Judah said this, our enemy is saying, boy, is that telltale. Our enemy is saying, I want to ask you, who cares what the enemy is saying? But they said, our enemy is saying, they will neither know nor see anything till we come into their midst and kill them and cause this work to cease. And then they go to Nehemiah and they're kind of crying, pouting. They say, they've told us 10 times from whatever place we turn, they'll be upon us. (laughs) You see the enemy working, pow, pow, pow. Pow. This is the way he works. He doesn't give you a one-two. He keeps doing it as long as you let him. Ten times they were told, we're going to be on you when you don't expect it, and we will kill you. So they had a choice. Whose report are we going to believe? What voice are we going to listen to? And we all have this choice every single day of our lives, don't we? Because the enemy is here talking Let me tell you something about the enemy's voice. When I lived in East Texas, snakes were everywhere. And we learned, we learned what snake bite did to you. We learned the telltale signs of a poisonous bite. What it would do to your skin, what it would do to the limbs, what it did. We learned what a snake bite caused. Listen, I can tell you what a devil bite does to you. I can tell you what the voice of the devil does to you. Because when the voice of the devil talks to you and you receive it, you've been snake bit. 
You lose your joy, you lose your peace, you lose your vision. You feel condemned, you feel guilty, you feel unworthy. You feel like nobody loves you, you feel like God's a million miles away. You believe that your future is gone. You believe your mistakes are irreparable. When the enemy talks to you, when you get snake bit, it's easy to tell. You start dragging. You walk into church dragging. You're going through the motions. But there's no more joy, no more real meaning, no more real purpose. Don't wonder what's going on. You have been snake bit by the enemy. But if you know God is talking, here's what you feel. Peace. When you're listening to the voice of the Lord, joy, vision, excitement, zeal, future. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. There's a smile on your face. You are contagious for Jesus. Joshua once said to the people, whose report are you going to believe? What voice are you going to listen to? Listen to the word of the Lord always. Always listen to the word of the Lord. Now, here it is in summary. When they got discouraged, it happened this way. Their focus shifted from dream to debris, from God's ability to their own inability, and from the word of God to the words of the enemy. And down they went, and they're discouraged. The strength of the laborers is failing. Well, no wonder. So Nehemiah got up, slapped a few of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Nehemiah got up. Essentially, here's what he said. He said, all right, you've got a threefold attack going on. I'm going to give you a threefold solution. First, don't fear your enemy. He got all Judah together and he said, what are you doing fearing your enemy? Do not be afraid of your enemy. You know, folks, fear comes from the enemy. What an incredible resource we have in the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I'm encouraged by what we've seen today in God's Word. And you know, Life Talk has an abundance of resources available for you at our Life Talk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. Be sure to join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Breaking Discouragement's Grip. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. Isn't it great when things are a little easier? Like connecting to Life Talk Radio and Pastor Jeff on your mobile devices anywhere, anytime. Then here's great news. Now, Pastor Jeff, Life Talk Radio, and Turning Point Church are just a few clicks away with a new TPC Family app. With the new TPC Family app on your mobile phone or tablet, there are loads of helpful features to keep you connected in an easy and fun way. Watch Pastor Jeff streaming live on Sundays and Wednesdays from Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Or watch on-demand videos from recent services you may have missed. Listen to Life Talk radio programs on demand. Today's broadcast or catch up on any of the great teachings from Pastor Jeff on past Life Talk programs. You can even help continue Life Talk Radio's outreach and impact on the nation with the gospel by giving securely online. Now you can even text your gift to Life Talk and the amount you would like to give to 30131. 
and you'll find contact information and directions to Turning Point Church, upcoming events, broadcast station listings for Life Talk Radio, and much, much more. Plus, the new TPC Family app is free and available on Apple or Android devices. To download the new TPC Family app, simply type in the keyword TPC Family as one word with no spaces in the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and get connected. So what are you waiting for? Download the free TPC Family app today and make your life a little easier. Breaking Discouragement's Grip is the first message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.